Last of the Geeks, brought to you by Gathering of the Geeks. I am one of your hosts, Emmett, and I'm joined by the Ted Lasso, to my coach, Beard, Chris Evans. Chris, how are you doing tonight? I'm enduring and surviving. Very good. <laughs> uh, we are, of course, joined by Nico from the Vigilante 1939 podcast. Nico, what's up tonight, man? I'm happy to be back. I'm thrilled to talk. I have a question, though. If if he's Ted and your coach, Beard, I'm obviously not Nate, because screw that. Roy. Um, Zeddy's Nate. Yeah, Zeddy is our Nate. Zeddy's Nate, yeah. I don't have the personality of Roy, so does that make me Keely? I, well, no, oh, I, I thought you would have been Keely? Roy. I was going to go with Roy. Or yeah, Higgins. Or Higgins. Higgins. I don't know. Keely kind of fits, though, if, he were male, if she were male. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I feel like I have Keely energy, which I will <laughs> gladly take that role. You just tell me I'm Keely and I'll be your guys' Keely, please. Well, we had a, a cookie on for when we did the interview uh, with the Vampire Podcast, and we tried to get her to pick between Rebecca and Keely, and I don't know who she picked from that one either. So it's it's, it's hard I to keep remember. up. Shots yeah, <laughs> legend. Uh, Gathering of the Geeks is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Gathering of the Geeks, and you will find us, guys. We're talking full spoilers for episode two of HBO's The Last of Us, called Infected um this week so make sure if you're listening guys and you haven't seen the episode make sure you go back and do because we're talking full spoilers guys this was a regular uh timed episode it wasn't (laughs) an hour and 20 minutes it didn't you know and it uh, it actually felt a little bit better for me personally kind of you know bearing the lead a little bit here i i felt a lot better watching this episode i actually enjoyed this episode a lot more than the first one just because of the time timing of it so right out of the gate let's just get to our kind of our overall thoughts uh, whoever wants to go first just what, what are your overall thoughts going into you know week two of the last of us second episode um you know the hype is beyond right now for this show but how, how's everyone doing with it uh you know we're two episodes in now i want to hear chris's thoughts because he's the i want to hear you guys because you're the bigger fans um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can go first uh i'll, I'll be quick I love the first episode, so I had some pretty high expectations going to this one, thinking that, but I also thought this would be a calmer episode. I was wrong. <laughs> this yeah. was actually more intense than the first one, and I think it is just a fantastic episode. It's a fantastic piece of television right now. Nico? Yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed this one. I think they followed up the first one wonderfully. Emmett, I agree with you. In, in some aspects, I enjoyed it more, and I didn't know if that was possible coming off of last week, how how huge they went with the first one. But I'll get into more specifics later, so I'll kind of tease some some more specific thoughts other than I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, if you could enjoy something as dark as this, um, mm-hmm. is I – during this episode, the episode started about halfway through it. I was worried if I started wondering if my if my video game knowledge was going to start to become a negative thing because I would know and feel. Um, and then by the end of the episode, I realized that um, wasn't necessarily the case. And it's this interesting dichotomy I got going on in my brain, but I think it makes for a cool experience. I wonder if you'll share the same feelings on it when we get to it. Yeah, so and I had sort of the same feelings about the 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 knowing of what's going to happen, and I I kind of surmised at the end of our last recording about kind of a look forward to what I was hoping for and what I was expecting for um, this season going forward. And one of the things I was hoping for and excited about was the changes that they were going to make. 
that's what I was really excited about because the changes they made in the first episode, I was blown away by and how mm-hmm. much they made sense. And in episode two, they make a ton of changes um, and quite impactful ones as well. Um, so let's start with right with the first change again, which is another kind of cold opening where another kind of origin story for the for the fungus. And Chris, you mentioned about the, you know, how in, intense this episode was. This opening was intense, like literally people walking down a hallway, um, you know, a lo- looking at a body, talking to a person on a couch. It was all tense for me. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. It, it, you know, it's kind of the thing like, oh, you're expecting something bad to happen. You're waiting for a, a clicker to jump out and bite somebody's face off or something like that. And none of that happens in the first uh, opening here. But there's still the sense of, wow, this is really tense. And they're making it tense. The actors are, are making it tense. The writing, the directing, all that kind of stuff. So, Chris, how'd you feel about the you know, another cold opening? You know, more of the origin story as well. And we'll, I want to talk more about that, Nico, when you go next. And, Chris, you can do it too. How are we feeling about the knowledge of how things are happening as well. Cause that was something that I wasn't sure I wanted and something that, you know, if you compare it to other zombie things, it, the why doesn't really matter as much as the, the how and then the what <laughs> afterwards. So Chris, how'd you feel about that opening uh, scene? I think the, so both of these cold openings were brilliant in a way, because for someone like me who does not know the games, this is a way to get me into this world because mm-hmm. You guys can be thrown in the middle of it, and you'll be fine. You know what's going on. I don't. For me, it would have been, okay, so these plants are coming to life. Brute is evil. Got it. But this <laughs> allows me a different view. And the way they frame these scenes to where they're extremely serious. It's not like this is any kind of joke. There's no lightheartedness in any of it. This is what's happening. It's very real. And I think that the way that it's done speaks volumes because it sets so much up in just, I think it's a five minute period and it's creepy. It's so creepy when she's looking at that corpse. And if I remember, she pulls the, the roots out of the mouth or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it just makes, it it makes you kind of cringe, not like, Oh, this is stupid, but like, Oh, that's gross. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I don't get that from many things. So this is a, a, an achievement. So I, I really like the way it's being handled, the way it's being shown to someone like me. I am curious how it works for you guys, though, considering you don't need this. Right. What's funny is, well said, Chris. What's funny is I didn't, we didn't need it, but like maybe we did because I'm, I'm loving it. Like I, I, it's, there's some stories in film and TV where I don't necessarily, I'm okay if we don't know like the why or the how and we're just thrown into the world. But I think because Em and I have played the game, um, to have this other context added is cool because it's still kind of a mystery in the game too. But the way both scenes, and especially this one because it's longer, the intensity of it is utterly effing compelling. Like from, from the talking about how, you know, it started on that one farm to the workers are missing to seeing the cordyceps like kind of be alive then to have it jump to the utter despair of having the doctor be like you have to bomb and i would like to go home with my family and starts crying it's like that's how scary this is Mm -hmm. and then it it, it's picked it it makes you understand too i think for players of the game but also people just watching the show 
in this episode, you see like why Boston looks like that, why there are these QZs, why people are in different places, because it's one thing to be told through exposition that the world was crazy and all this stuff happened and people moved. It's one thing to see part of it and be like, wow, that's how, that's how bad it got. They bombed the world and really the people who are left, there's probably not that many people left when you think about it. Uh, so I, I love the way they're giving us these little flashbacks to it. And um, it's, it's just terrifying to think like too, like it really makes you think how scary some of these things we've done. Like we just did the pandemic and there's been things throughout history, but like there were a few people in Jakarta there who knew it. Right. Mm -hmm. And they knew it before anyone else, just a few people and look at 20 years later, what happened like that. It's mm -hmm. insane. It's just, it's, it's just insane. And then to bring it back, the one scientist in 1968 said this could happen. It's, it's really cool storytelling and structurally to start every episode with a cold open like that and then bring us in the moment is, is I, I don't know. It's cool. I, I, I don't want to ramble, but I'll shout out to Neil Druckmann who directed this is his TV <laughs> debut. Honestly. Pretty damn impressive. Pretty damn impressive to direct an episode like he did. But anyway, continue, gentlemen. <laughs> so she, I agree with it. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, when she said bomb, my jaw yeah. was on the floor. Like, are they really going to yeah. bomb it? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the main reason why I find it so enjoyable, and you mentioned it, Nico, it's, it's not exposition. They're not just telling it to us for no reason. They're not giving us a montage either. Like, they could have done that in episode one. Mm -hmm. They could have shown, uh, you know, something, anything. And then showed us, you know, another clip and another clip right after another. Oh, that's how it's done. Fine. But that doesn't serve a purpose. This is serving the purpose. Like they said with the bomb, that's serving a purpose. Later on in the episode, we find out that the, the bomb's hitting Boston. So I think it works so well for me, uh, even though we, I don't think we needed it. I don't want to know why. It, or not that I don't want to, but I don't need to. I don't need to know why the, the, the infected are around. But I think the way that they're handling it by not giving it um, just as an info dump. They're giving it to us for a purpose and a reason. Um, and the way that they're doing it and the acting in it as well, like we're talking about this woman, the the doctor, like her, when her hand is shaking in the in the cup, as soon as she finds out that there's 14 uh, missing workers from the from this um, from the factory or whatever, just the way they were doing it is so good. Um, and I like how, it, like I said, with the bomb, it's relating to something that's coming up later. And they do that a lot cool. in this episode, actually. They yeah. they tell us something or they show us something and then it, it pays off. So we're, we're seeing a payoff for um, for these cold opens. And I, I'm interested to see what we're, what, what other cold opens we're going to get. Um, you know, we got 1968, we got 2003. Um, I think if you watch the, um, next time on, I think we might get, um, it's mentioned in this episode, Bill and Frank, I think we might yeah. get more of who this bill character is, yeah. um, and, and that kind of thing. So, uh, it's going to be interesting how they use them and if they use them for all nine episodes as well. Um, I think if they do it for, three episodes that's almost a trend so it almost feel weird when there isn't one yeah um which is kind of interesting um so that's the cold open and then we go right from that right into ellie which is interesting um bathed in sunlight um, the last time we saw ellie she was tracing through like downtown boston in the rain the dark uh, uh, like nico said last time uh, there was a, a clicker on the uh, uh, the rooftop aside yeah. that so we, next time we see Ellie, she's in. She's like she said, she's draped in sunlight. Nico, you mentioned last time too about the butterflies, um, yeah. kind of flying around, and she wakes up, and Joel and Tess are on guard. 
um, as it were, still expecting her to turn and confused about what's happening. And um, over this little, this, you know, I don't want to say maybe a 10 minute scene or whatever, we get some back and forth. We get some um, brief history about who Joel and Tess are with Tess talking to Ellie and saying we're not good people, um, all that kind of stuff. And back and forth between um, a whole bunch of different people uh, or f- between the three people. So how do you feel about this? You know, like I said, the last time we saw this crew, it was dark and rainy, and now it's not. Um, A little bit of time has passed. They had um, some time to rest and and kind of sleep off, or some of them, uh, Ellie slept off what happened the night before with the cop and everything. So, um, guys, talk about this little opening scene here for the episode, other than the the cold open. I'll say I had to – I'm glad I rewatched the episode because the first – my first watch through – of this episode, the only takeaway from this whole scene for me is once again, is just like Bella Ramsey. I mean, the delivery of just like, can I have a weapon? No, fine. Then I guess I'll throw an effing sandwich at him. Like it's so funny. It's so funny. (laughs) And their delivery is just so perfect. Mm-hmm. even you know it's just it's even like the scene where joel goes if she twitches and then the hulk mm-hmm. i mean it's, it's so ellie it's so ellie so that was like my first takeaway but upon rewatch it's 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 necessary world and story building too because we learn okay there's been rumors or other people who have might have been mm-hmm. immune and have been able to do this before they picked up you know how last week we kind of talked about how it felt fast, the reveal of yes. her being immune. I think they built on it pretty good here, and mm-hmm. they cu- and they actually build on it in this episode really nicely. Like they needed mm-hmm. proof, and we'll get to that later. So I ended up really liking what they did. In Druckmann and in Craig, we trust. Come on now, mm-hmm. we can't doubt him. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but it was cool. It was it was it was a nice calm before the storm. There was more time with Allie, and it was more time for Joel and Tess together. Um, and this whole episode is a lot more tests, I would argue, than even the game, which I think is, is really necessary for what happens later. So it was a really nice way to pick up. It's a little lighter, shockingly, than the cold open mm-hmm. because then it gets really intense toward the end of the episode. So I really like what they did here. It's some necessary time with these uh, three characters. Chris, one thing I, I, I want you to t- touch on a little bit here is Joel's reaction to Ellie still. Mm-hmm. Um, even after her not turning, he's saying, well, maybe he, she's going to eventually, you know, what kind of future does this girl have? And, you know, Tess is looking at Joel and she st- is, is still confused that he's in, still in such a dark place. You know, it, it feels like Tess doesn't like living this life and hopes for something better. Whereas Joel has accepted this life and doesn't care if, if he's ever happy again. Um, you know, I, I got that sense a lot when Ellie goes to use the washroom in the in, around the corner there in the other room. Just this little conversation between Joel and Tess, and you're starting to see how of different mind they are. Mm-hmm. It, it just with the inclusion of Ellie uh, in, in in their relationship. I think that it's interesting to see that they're they have a contrast between them, or they had one. We'll get to that. Um, the contrast with their personalities is very cool to me, especially because Tess keeps saying she's the one who says we're bad people, but she's the one who is clearly not bad. Not right. saying Joel is either from this get go, but it, it's clear that Tess is the more welcoming and maybe optimistic of the two, mm-hmm. even though she, she insists we're bad, we're not good. You know, I'm going to eat this beef jerky and be mad about it. 
<laughs> um, so I like that a lot. And I like that we got more with her and Joel because we didn't get a lot of that in the first episode. They were just kind of thrown together, which was fine because the first episode had a lot to cover in yes. that, you know, hour 20, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. And this one, like Nico was saying, it has moments of levity after that opening, but it's still just a fantastic balance. It's outstanding the way that they're able to go back and forth from Ellie making the jokes to Joel threatening to, sh- threatening to shoot her in the face, essentially. <laughs> and you don't really question any of it. You're just rolling along, and it's fine. It, it's entertaining. It's very interesting. You get sucked into this. And it's in this scene, maybe even more than the cold opening, sets the stage for the chaos yeah. that comes. Because we do have this scene with the three of them together. Even the scene that follows, when they're just walking and kind of chit-chatting, essentially... Mm-hmm. And te- it's just Tess and Ellie really talking. Joel is just behind them. Mm-hmm. And I think that was important to show too. Yeah, Nico, I want to talk about that. Where in in this instance, in the I think it's a hair salon. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Where they're hanging out. You see, and Tess walks up to Ellie, gets closer to Ellie and, and connects in a certain way. And like Chris says, as soon as they leave um, the hair salon as they're walking and and and, and talking, Ellie is talking to Tess and Tess is talking to her and, and Joel is in the back. And in the hair salon, there's a really cool scene. You talked about it, Nico, with uh, Neil Druckmann, uh, first time directing a TV show. Ellie is standing on this, like, I don't know, like a bed of grass or bed of moss or whatever, solely bathed in light. Yeah, she, it's it, a... She couldn't, she couldn't be any brighter. Beside her or in between her, uh, her is Tess, where she's got the light from Ellie on her front side. And then behind her is Joel, who's completely in the dark. Mm-hmm. So she's got the dark of Joel behind her and the and the light of Ellie in front of her. So already you see this connection of what Ellie is going to do to to these two people. Mm-hmm. Not just Joel, but Tess as well. And and it, go, talk. we'll move out outside as they're walking, talk here, Nico. Talk about the, the Ellie and Tess connection that they're trying to build so early on. Yeah, which I, I love that you brought up those visuals because it also <laughs> – it, it, it also it perfectly sums up where they are in the story right now, and you see there's obviously hopefully going to be a progression from Joel into the light, right? And 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 Ellie is really the ones who are going to she she's really the one who's going to bring them there, just like you said. Um, I like that they built up Tess and Ellie because, and the touch on what Chris said, Tess is obviously the more welcoming and the less bad of the two you would assume and that just more so fortifies the foundation for the arc that joel's going to go on and it makes the events of what happens later in this episode that much more heartbreaking but also that much more compelling because the the weight of the job and the weight of the promises that are made um, take on such a new form than they did when this journey began um, so i really like that they had had this wonderful buildup between Tess and Ellie because it, it you get it's easier to do things in video games. It's easier to do things in other forms of storytelling, but on TV and in film, you really have to show the audience sometimes. So if 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 Joel and Tess are both like, yep, let's go do this, let's go take her there. I'm fully on board, there's less drama, there's less conflict that is not as appealing to an audience member. So to start where Tess is more into it, Joel is still hesitant to have a crucial event happened later that has to bring the other two characters together is just really, really effective storytelling, in my opinion. The other thing I, I liked in the kind of the walk and talk here is we get the um, the naivety or 
of of Ellie. She doesn't know. She's always like, "Oh, I heard the out here was bad. Like, why aren't we getting swarmed with people?" And um, and then we get a little bit of history about Tess asking her questions about, you know, how did Marlene find you and mm-hmm. what happened? Where um, Ellie says, "Oh, I went to a mall. I wasn't supposed to in the in the QZ, and she was attacked and bitten." And Tess asks, "Oh, what were you by yourself?" And Ellie says, nah, "Yeah, it was just me." And you can kind of get this sense that she's lying. Chris, no. you can tell me how you felt about that scene. She's um, a liar. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Yeah. I wasn't gonna oh. say anything when I'm like, oh, so like they're they're planning they're planting they're planting <laughs> seeds. They're yeah. planting seeds for stuff Very that we're gonna seeds. see, uh, which I thought was very interesting. Um, and then Chris, I want to know what your feelings about the way that Ellie is describing the infected, where she says, "Oh, there aren't big, huge uh, things with giant spores that shoot out at you." And they say, oh, I hope not. And then they say, oh, good. I hope there's not people with their faces split open and they can oh, hear, so funny. hear like bats. And, the, and the, the, uh, Joel and Tess kind of look at each other with a look. And I'm wondering about your feelings about, <laughs> man, what are these people and what are these infected and what are these clickers going to look like? Yeah, I didn't. So I didn't know that they had like regular looking people, kind of like the, the bodies are normal, but the heads are whatever the hell that is. I didn't know that. I thought they were all clickers, those those creature-looking things. Mm. Um, so, I guess in in this in that particular scene, I am Ellie. I think most people are Ellie. We don't yeah. know, and I appreciate that because again, you guys will be able just to you get it. I don't. So I like that they did that for, I guess the whole audience, but particularly the ones who don't play the game and don't know it. And Ellie's reaction to these things is fun. But it's Joel and Tessa's reactions. I think really sell this because they know yeah. they know what they've what's about to happen. Basically, they've seen these things before. I assume they've seen all of them before. So I like that. I, I appreciated that they they did that. Also, it's, also, it's just cool oh, to see the different um, evil group people. <laughs> oh yeah, it's also a really cool setup because they did a nice job, like we said last week, not showing the full progression of the infected, just showing the human looking ones, the runners with those quadriceps coming out of their mouth. And then they've really built up the clickers. So like Ellie on paper, it sounds like what she's describing is crazy. Then she basically describes a clicker perfectly and they look, and then you're like, as the audience, like you said, if you know, and if you don't know, you're like, Oh, Oh wait, when she just, okay, wait, so that's going to be real. And then you see them about 10 minutes later mm-hmm. and how much more difficult they are to take down than the other ones. Um, which is cool. Emmett, I, I want to know, do you think that was their way, though, of telling us that Shamblers won't be on the show? No, well, that's the thing. So, if you, if <laughs> Or have you they watch, just not seen them? Or have well, they just if, not if, seen them? If you've seen the trailer for the TV show, you know that bloaters are in this Bloaters season. are, yeah. So I don't know. I can't wait for Chris like, to see the bloaters. So that, that's what I'm not sure about. Like, <laughs> like, I'm just if, trying to think, what is a bloater? <laughs> that's what I mean. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Joel and Tess haven't seen it. How far have yeah. they gone out before? And, you mm-hmm. know, how 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 long or how many infected have they seen? Because that's the other thing that's kind of cool. Ellie is asking, well, how long when when they, they, they kind of walk through town and they, they, um, they need to make their way um, through a hotel room or something. All right? mm-hmm. Or they go into a hotel. The lobby. Uh, yeah, they, they go into a hotel and they go for a walk and, and, and Tess has to go climbing through a little passage to open up another door. So then Ellie and Joel are hanging out um, and Ellie asks a whole bunch of personal questions, which is kind of a more of that relationship building you're, you're seeing in, uh, or not building, in, in, depending on how you look at it. And Ellie asks, so how long do the infected last? And they say, um, you know, sometimes it's a month. 
and sometimes they've been around since the start of the whole thing so for 20 years so we're getting this idea about and, and chris like you said you don't know what they look like and you'd always ensure that there was different kinds um so we're, we're understanding that and specifically when they get through this little um when tess does her little you know side mission or whatever to open up the door um, she has this look on her face like oh you guys need to see something so chris they go outside and they're looking down on this i don't know how to how to describe it like a whole bunch it's like a, a sea of infected a, yeah i think a sea of infected is perfect my friend so i think so, it's the best so, way to so, so they're on the ground and and we don't really get a good shot of them we see them from far away um and the sun kind of you know uh, goes over them and they all kind of uh, move like a uh, like a wave mm. um and and ellie says oh they're connected um and tess says more than you know and i i, I just love the look that joel gives ellie when and when ellie says oh they're connected and joel's looking at her and saying this kid's pretty smart you know she knows her <laughs> stuff um it's like uh, so more of these seeds about joel underestimating who this girl is anyways so there's more of this exposition or not exposition explanation to Ellie about why it's important for you to survive. You may be immune, but you can still get ripped apart by these things down on the ground. And Tess is explaining to her about how they're connected, like in a, like a hive mind and how the fungus have like roots that can, I think they describe it. It can go for like a mile. Mm -hmm. So if you step on a vine here, a mile away, they can feel whatever happened over there and then you're screwed and then you're, they're going to come running. So, um, Chris, how did you feel about this little scene here of the explanation of um, more of the infected to get, you know, we see a, like what it's like a hundred or more of the infected. Yeah, it's a lot um, of them. You know, you know, explain, talk this scene out with me a little bit. How did you feel about it? Well, honestly, the first thing I noticed was that hotel room was immaculate for that balcony. That was oh, a yeah. Like, what kind of hotel room is that with that giant balcony? But anyway, yeah, well, I don't yeah. know what that was. Nice one. It was nice. Uh, the convention of infected downstairs was pretty cool. <laughs> and I thought they were all like, I thought was, at first, I thought it was dead bodies. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like where they were throwing all the dead bodies, getting ready to burn them. That's what I assumed. Right. But then when they start moving, it's like, oh no, that is just a, a sea of infected. Mm -hmm. and, and it was so many of them. And it's just kind of terrifying in a way. When you think about it, because if just one of those goes nuts, like Tess was explaining, the whole group goes nuts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a nice setup, a lot of little foreshadowing there. Um, yes. But, you know, the thing about the foreshadowing, even the non-conversation with Joel and Ellie, it doesn't feel forced. This Nothing all feels yeah. organic, like it's just flowing. Even at the pace that this show runs, which after two episodes, this is a fast-paced show. And in yeah. my opinion, maybe too fast-paced in certain areas, but sure. not to not to a fault, I, I don't think. But mm -hmm. either way, it's a cool scene, and I I think the visuals of this show are just. In terms of HBO shows, they always look good. We could talk about Game of Thrones till we all turn blue. It is a beautiful show, even that episode everybody hates in the last season where it's dark. It's still really <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. once you yeah. can see it. I think this show is topping it. I think this show has something about it that just it visually kills. It's beautiful to see, even when it's these ugly things running around and whatnot. I'm Nico, how'd you feel about the the connection of? of so of we'll this say is a big change. This a big is a change. massive change, and I think it's their answer to spores. Yep. Um, and I actually I really dig it because one, it makes it scarier. Mm -hmm. It's also more. In a, in a show that's not real, but it's more realistic than the sport. Because we talked about it last week, 
And I know they touched on it because I saw a clip. I know they touched on it on the after the episode this time that they're like they didn't know how they would do the spores because it would be in certain places and there would be the certain visual. And, but this hive mind thing is really cool because it does play into this fungus factor, hashtag fungus factor. But it does make it scarier. It, it makes it scary to know that like now it, it just adds more stakes to the world and the characters. If you step in the wrong place, if you shoot one or shoot the wrong thing, there's going to be a bunch more that come to you and you can't do anything about it. Um, it also like gives, it gives like more, I hate to say development, but it gives more development to the infected. Mm-hmm. Like it, it makes, it, it, it takes it from being this really, on paper could be just this like simple virus mm-hmm. to like, it's like an evil mastermind. You know, if you know what I mean? Like that, it's like it can think and it can communicate. Right. Which once again, it just makes every threat that much scarier for me. And, and it's a cool way as someone who played the game, I mean, I'm sure you'll agree. It like raises the stakes and it's a really cool change. So far, every change is really cool and in some ways makes the material better for TV and more compelling. Yeah. And um, it doesn't feel like they change things to change things. Like all of a sudden the clickers can talk, you know, that exactly. I would be like, all right. If they're like, yep. we smell you. I exactly. would be like, all right. This is, yep. but like Sony would do that if it was a film, right? Like, <laughs> like, Spider-Man like, in it too. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and like Tom Holland would be playing Joel, you know what I mean? Oh. You, you can't, you gotta save everybody. Well, gee, Ellie, I don't know how we're going to get out of here. I'm getting flashbacks of Uncharted now. No, Come I'm on. Not. Mark Wahlberg, no, is Joel and Tom Holland's Ellie. Yeah, I'd probably watch it. Let's be honest. I would probably watch it. Tom's like, I got bit last week, but it didn't change. <laughs> I'm sorry. We can move on. Emmett, tell me what you think about the hive mind thing. I'm, cool. I, I have, I have a. I have a lot of thoughts, but I want to save them till the end of the uh, end of the the, the final scene of the episode because I, I think that's where it's going to really come about. I do I like it though, but I, I, it makes it, how dare yeah, you? I'm going to wait because <laughs> it makes it makes more sense towards the end. Sure, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm agreeing with everything you said. I'm just gonna I'm gonna add one thing to it. Got but I'll it. wait till the end. So they see the infected and they and they there. So that's the the hotel. So they decide they they need to go through this museum to get to the other side to get to the state house. So they're going up this this museum and they get to the door. And it's like a, 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 a switch gets flipped where it's like, you know, talking and an informative teacher uh, Tess and Joel are gone. And now it's the military mm-hmm. uh, uh, Joel and, and Tess. We're like, OK, let's get our let's get our, our bags down. Let's get our lights out. Let's get let's get our, our guns up, all that kind of stuff. Here are the rules. You stay behind me, all that kind of stuff. So they're in the fungus is everywhere. Yeah. Like the, the and some of it is practical effects and, and some of it is not, but I, I feel like the practical effects on the outside of the building and very much on the inside of the building is very good. Chris, you talked about how good the show looks. The the disgusting stuff looks great. This mm-hmm. fungus and the, the roots of it all, I really, really uh I really enjoy that. And it's specifically the the infected who are fungified, mm-hmm. um, who are like deep rooted and, and everything. And that's and it's interesting that Tess talked about well, some only last a month. And some last a long time. I wonder if these ones didn't make it past the living stage of some kind, or if they were dead already and then they were fungused over. I wasn't sure about that because there's a one when they're so they they get inside and 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 I want to I don't want to jump in. So they get inside and and Ellie sees a dead body, a newly freshed dead body, blood cuts, and 
since she has had experience with the infected before via her um, the the bite mark or cut on her arm, she is surprised by this. She says, "Well, what I've seen can't do this." So she we know that she hasn't seen the clickers. She's seen runners, um, which is a very interesting thing. So. This is again where Joel and, and Tess get super serious, and and, and Ellie still doesn't get it. Like they, they, she's still trying to talk, and they're like, "Shut up, you girl! You need to stop talking and, and do all that kind of stuff." So it's very cool. It's like I, I love this line from Joel: "You're not going to be quiet. You're going. To, I, I don't want quiet. I want silence. Like nothing. Not not a, a a whimper. Not a word. And not a whisper. Very. I, I love. And we talked about this at the very start of the episode with the cold open. This is where the intensity." ratchets right up and i told chris after i watched this episode i was on the edge of my seat from this moment on yeah like it's just everything they're walking upstairs (laughs) and that's it (laughs) but you're still expecting like an infected to jump over the railing or come through the wall or something it's just pop out of the stairs (laughs) exactly something so they're going up the stairs and they and they see like the 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 people are on the stairs and they got you know fungus growing up out of their mouths like the the practical, I don't know if you call it makeups or the props or prosthetics, is outstanding up until this point. So they're 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 trying to make their way through the museum. They get upstairs, um, and the building's falling apart, and it's you know everything's falling from the ceiling. It's loud creaks, and I really love this scene where Ellie steps on a guy's arm and it makes a lot of noise. Joel turns and he's got this angry look on his face, like he's about to ream her out. He's like. And he, but he doesn't for a couple of reasons. One, he doesn't want to be loud. But then I also get this idea: oh, she's just a kid. Yeah. She's way out yeah. of her league right now, which is very interesting. And then it's funny that Joel does it later in the episode as well. Steps on something, it makes a lot of noise, and he gets attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get upstairs, and we we get our first I- inclusion of the clickers. Um, so guys, talk about the clickers. Talk about this scene where it's 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 like you know there's there's factions. Joel's over there fighting one. Ellie and Tess are going over here, and then uh, Tess is sub. Um, away from Ellie and just being quiet and the lights and the first reveal of that clicker face and everything guys talk about the the museum scene because it's a very good scene again about the props just the little props about the museum and the Boston every every little thing I I thought that was so cool I I, I love the scene it's great scene perfect build up and reveal of the clickers they look fantastic they sound fantastic they're right out of the game it also felt like it felt like a part of the game and where you got a stealth (laughs) you got a stealth and like you're freaking you're sweating holding the controller and then i just love just love how formidable they were and um it's so far through two episodes they've done a nice job of being like wow this is not like a show like um i hate to i hate to make a comparison but this isn't like the walking dead where it got really easy to kill the zombies unless they're in large numbers right there were three of them and two of these things, and look what happened. Look how long it took, and look, yeah. you know, who's left standing at the end. And, well, and, and Joel had the biggest gun possible. Yeah, the biggest gun, and nothing <laughs> happened. And but just the way, and the way it was all shot too, especially the scene where it's it's after there's one fight through, and Joel's reloading his gun, and the way the camera moved right, and then when it moves back left, the clicker's like almost right next to his face, but then it turns around. I mean, it's just great fear and tension building. And um, it's just, it's, it's, I could keep going, Chris, take it away from here. So actually seeing the clickers and, and experiencing them in live action, how did you feel? I thought they looked badass. Yeah. I saw a fun comment. Cool, I, I saw a fun comment on Twitter. Someone said they don't want to eat mushrooms ever again. I thought that yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> That's right. Um, 
But I agree with everything Nico just said. This entire sequence is so captivating. You can't look away from it. Mm-hmm. And there's always something going on, even though they're just trying to hide, basically. This is not an action scene. This is them. Like, if you were playing the game, I'd imagine it would be, a, like you said, a stealth scene. You're not supposed to go up to these things and fight. (laughs) And that that shows even because Joel had a some kind of machine rifle, machine gun rifle, Mm -hmm. whatever it was. He couldn't put it down. You know? Mm -hmm. So I think that was cool. I liked so okay. Tess disappears. I think at that point we all knew what that meant. Well, Chris, you thought she was dying last episode. You're like, I did, she's going to die. <laughs> but I assumed she'd live for a couple of more episodes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's interesting. That's yeah, I knew she was a goner. I knew that. But I thought <laughs> she was a goner yeah. from. <laughs> right. As soon as I saw her face, this lady's dying. <laughs> but I assumed we'd have a couple episodes with her. But anyway, um, I, I thought that was kind of like the worst kept secret, but it didn't bother me. The scene itself mm. is is beautiful to watch. The carnage in it. The mm-hmm. just the, the little nuanced things were like like you mentioned, uh Ellie stepped on one thing, made noise, Joel was pissed. Mm-hmm. Joel does it, he doesn't have time <laughs> to get pissed. I did I mean, gotta roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um very cool. I, I like this scene a lot, and this is gonna sound hyperbolic, but I don't care. You could put this sequence up against a lot of movies where something similar like this is happening, and this is probably better. I agree with mm-hmm. you. One thing I wanted to, you probably saw, you both probably saw this tweet I retweeted, but Emmett, you can, you can relate to this. I saw a tweet and I'm not stealing this as my own thoughts. I'm saying it's from a tweet, but I don't know who from. (laughs) That said, I'm glad that it is now canon that in these levels, you're supposed to just run and gun. That's right. (laughs) Because like stealth, stealth doesn't work because that's how I would play the game at times. I would try to be stealth and just be like, I just got to start shooting these things. And I love that like that happened in this because Chris is right in the game. This is one where ideally it takes you 25 minutes to play Mm -hmm. because you got to keep sneaking around and you Mm -hmm. never touch the clickers. Me, I get bored halfway or I get risky Mm -hmm. and I just start swinging at the things and then I die six times. Um, I also saw another funny tweet that was like, um, I, what a terrible adaptation of The Last of Us because what should have happened is you should have died eight times yeah. before you got to the next part. And I'm like, that's funny. So it's funny to see that like game commentary coming out too. So it's it's very tense and I love the way they did it with the shadows and the light. Um, and like you said, Chris, so as soon as Tess goes off, you're like, oh, something's wrong. But I think they played it up pretty well. You know, she comes back. I said, oh, a twisted ankle. No big deal. Um, I didn't buy it. You know, I didn't buy it either. I was trying to think of myself. You know, my, my wife was watching it with me, and I didn't ask what I should have. You know, the, the next scene after that where she can't walk and Joel needs to tape her ankle up. And it's more the scene where we got in the the the, the salon where Joel is saying, well, what about her? You know, she's bit again. You know, maybe it's going to turn this time. And, and just like he was the first time well, in, in the salon where he was saying, well, what kind of future this girl going to have? And, event, and he said again, you know, maybe it just takes a longer, long, long, lot longer. And at this point, Tess understands what the situation is. And she's saying, you know what, Joel, will you just give it a give it a rest, man? You know, we yeah. got out of here. You know, technically, we're all still alive. You know, why do you have to be so dead on the inside? Yeah. You know, I, I understand. I understand your daughter and I understand all this, but. You know why do you have to be so? Why do you have to be like this? And 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 Tess is thinking, yeah, like, you know, 
it's the end for me. And the last thing you're going to do is be a grumpy asshole about everything. Yeah. Right. Like, so Chris, did you think as soon as she was gone, that was it? Or did you need to hear her attitude? Cause it changes very quickly. Uh, her attitude and way, the, how she talks to Joel. No. Once I realized that she's not in the sequence anymore, it's like, okay, <laughs> she's getting bit. We're going to see the aftermath. Mm-hmm. This lady's not making another episode. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Nico, I want to talk. Want you to talk about the scene or the, uh, the scene that comes right after Joel taping um, Tess's um, ankle up. But we talked about it with again the salon where it's Ellie and Tess kind of connecting. Yeah. As they're walking to the museum, it's L Ellie and Tess talking some more. And then at this point, when they get in the museum, Ellie is with Joel. Yeah. Ellie is hiding behind Joel. Ellie is listening to Joel. Ellie is getting attacked by the the clicker uh, with Joel. And right after Joel gets kind of shooed away by Tess, Ellie's staring off at the state house. house, And and Joel gives her this line about, oh, is it everything you hope for? And, you know, the jury's still out, but heck of a view. And you can just see this connection. And they really focus on um, Joel's watch at this point. He's kind of got his arm across the thing. So he's seeing his watch and there's a connection. Oh, right. His daughter gave him that watch. And now he's feeling a certain way with a, a young girl back in his life. So, Nico, are you starting to build up the 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 the, the connection between them? Oh, I mean, Chris yeah. kind of mentioned this about how things are moving really fast because I thought the same thing about Joel and Ellie. I feel like there should be there 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 could have been more more uh, combativeness between the two of them because mm-hmm. they do it a little bit in the hallway when they're waiting for Tess to kind of do her little side mission. Um, and and from the trailers, we are still going to get Grumpy Joel at, at, at gr- with Grumpy Ellie. But are you are, how are you feeling about the the connection between Joel and Ellie when I, we find out that T- Tess is a little bit, little more grumpy and now Joel needs to be the opposite of that. I like it. I, I do agree with you that, that that might be a little bit fast for them, but while I, I think it is okay, um, I think it's okay because I can see how they're trying to build it. If, if that makes sense. Um, they went through that traumatic, crazy experience. They made it out. Tess kind of tells him, you know, like, enjoy the positivity. And then I think that first moment with them, the, you know, it's a heck of a view. And that's kind of the first moment between them. It's sometimes like that idea of like, oh, when, when you go through something like very stressful or traumatic, like, even if you like, you're fighting with someone, it's like, Hey, we're good. Right. Like, it's kind of like that first moment that he's willing to open up in the situation. And it's also a shot that's straight out of the game, which is really cool. Um, so I, so, so I like it. I think with the way they're going to build everything, even though it feels fast now with the way they're spending more time with certain characters and certain things, I think in the moments where they really do, and I'm not, I mean, it's safe to assume it's not a spoiler in the moments where they do start to progress, I think are going to hit really hard because they're trying to sprinkle in certain things as much as they can. Mm-hmm. So they're down out of the museum, Chris, they survived and Tess is in a hurry to get where they're going to go. <laughs> and just like I was talking about where it was Tess kind of talking or walking with Ellie before now it's Tess out in front. And Ellie is back with Joel. So they, they arrive at the state house um, and they're expecting there to be, you know, a, a, a red carpet, I guess, for the fireflies waiting there for them. Um, and it's not so much. So they, you know, they Tess ain't waiting around again. She wants to get in there and get this figured out because we find out that um, she has been bitten or scratched. 
Um, as they get into the, uh, the state house, all of the fireflies are dead. Um, as Joel explains it, one of them was infected. The living fought with the with the infected. The infected infected fought with the living, and everybody lost. Which I think I thought was actually a kind of a cool way of describing it, um, where there's no hope. Again, there's no there's no winning this. There is no vaccine. There's no there's no medicine uh, at this point. Um, so we find out that Tess wants to get moving. Where are you? Where are you supposed to go, Ellie? Where was Marlene supposed to take you? Out west somewhere? Blah 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 blah. And we get the scene, um, you know, as you uh, proclaimed, uh, Nostradamus, that Tess is, <laughs> has been bitten and she is going to die. Um, we get Joel's reaction to her, um, her death. Um, so before the infected make their way upon the state house, how are you feeling about the 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 realization that Tess has been sick, and also Ellie noticing first? She was the one who's been infected, which I thought was much like the game, a very smart move. Joel can't see it. He can't mm-hmm. see certain things. And but Ellie can Ellie could sense it. Ellie could could feel it. So how'd you feel this uh this scene played out, Chris? We actually skipped something. Ellie got bit again. Oh. Yes. And they checked Ellie, like they told her, I think wrap it up or some or wipe it. And when they yep. looked at her again, there was no wound. She was fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that kind of furthers a theory I have that maybe I'll just keep to myself still. But um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. So when, uh, when it's finally revealed, we see that bite or scratch, whatever it is, which is visually disgusting. They're doing a great job with making. Yeah. Oh, there. there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so this is where it happens. This is how it happens. Mm-hmm. And Chris is, is like, yes. I'm all about the death and the chaos. Let's do some more. Who else is going to die? Keep killing the character. <laughs> Who else can we kill? Out of, I know we can't kill the main two. Who else can die? Uh, but <laughs> I thought it was a cool bit. I think the way it's revealed. I, but this is one of those times I think it's too quick. Because I don't think we get enough of the processing. Which I'm assuming they'll do in the next episode, which is fine. Right. But I would have liked to see it here. There's not a lot of processing from Joel. Joel is very much like a Terminator. Okay, we got to go. We don't got time for this shit. Whereas yep. Ellie is more concerned, and she just met this lady. Mm-hmm. So I kind of would have liked an extra moment or two there. But the the way it plays out is really cool. I I, I liked it. It was um, well said, Chris. It was it was a really well done scene for me because the way they built Tess a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The way they built Tess and Ellie, and the smart move to show her get bit again, and then to have that be like I right. said earlier, the proof for Tess. I love that part when she's like, "Look, sh- mm-hmm. it's real. She is real." Like mm-hmm. it, it, it. I think that's shocking for Joel too, and that's almost why I think there's not a lot of processing. I think there's so much to take in. Um, so I really love Tess's pleading and her delivery of the lines from the game. Some of them beat for beat was was really well done. Shout out to Anna Torv here. Um, mm-hmm. But I also like, once again, it does feel a little quick. But part of me is also still going like, like with you, Chris, like may, maybe they'll save the processing for next because what they're trying to show you is in this world, it's so dark mm-hmm. and so torn that there is that there's never time to react. You just have to keep surviving. Mm-hmm. You have to move, save who you can save, like Tess says. Endurance survive. Um, <laughs> You write Endurance Survive. Joel is also so hardened, especially a little bit more in this show. I wonder if that's mm-hmm. how he deals with it. He knows she's going to die, and he's like 
if I say anything or get choked up, I'm vulnerable or I compromise everything. So I just got to turn around and go, I'm not sure. Um, Cause that did strike me too. When he just kind of mm-hmm. turns, um, I was like, Oh, but then, wow, do they give Tess a last couple <laughs> moments here. It says badass and yet twistedly artistic. Kind of beautiful. With the, with the, it's kind of a beautiful makeout from an it artistic is. standpoint. From an artistic standpoint, gnarly. I mean, I gotta get your thoughts on that in a sec, but like you got because <laughs> I thought of you three times during this episode, and this was one of them. Because I could see, not that I thought this from you, I could see a bunch of people being super into this, but I could see people <laughs> who played the game this being the first time where they're like, "What is this? What is this? Come on, gosh, they're making what is this, man?" But I, I'm I'm glad that wasn't me, and I don't think it was you either. That wasn't but in the game? I could be right. No. Okay. No, 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 no. If I remember correctly, she dies off screen. Right? Yeah, well, the, 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 one of the big differences is that it's not the infected that kill her. It's, it's, it's Fedra, Fedra agents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they, they're getting chased through town by Fedra. Totally different and, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very different. So, um, yeah, so <laughs> Tess is pleading with with Joel, like, you need to take her. And we find out in the, in the salon that, that the idea is that they're working on a cure for the vaccine. The fireflies are working for the cure for the vaccine out West somewhere. And that's why um, Ellie is being taken there. Um, and we still don't really know why yet, um, but Chris has a theory and he can save that if he wants. And it's not really a, you can say it if you want, it doesn't matter. Um, so as they're kind of, as they're having, kind of having this conversation and Tess is pleading with Joel. And I like that you said he's like a Terminator here, Chris. That's yeah. very interesting to me. And I felt the same way. In the game, he's much more emotional. You hear it in his voice. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't feeling this Pedro Pascal version of uh, a response. But the one thing that did was when Tess's character goes to reach for him a little bit. And he, he backs up. Mm-hmm. Like, he has something. He's scared of her. He's not worried for her anymore. It, it's like a, I had, I had this, this thing in my head where he's not, he's not worried for her because he's scared that he, he, it's another infected person. Um, whether he's going to affect me or, or, or anyone. So I had this, yeah, he was more scared of her than sad. He hasn't had the sad yet. And it's interesting that maybe we don't even know if he's had the sad for Sarah yet. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't, you know, like he said, he doesn't know how to process this, process this, this stuff. Or he does, and he just isn't at all. He's just putting it away. And that's what this Ellie character is obviously maybe possibly going to bring out of him. So as they're doing this, uh, uh, an infected kind of comes alive. Um, Joel goes and, and shoots it in the head. And as we heard about earlier, Tess is kind of describing that they're, they're hive mind, that they're connected, and then there's you know, fungus that run a whole mile. So we see this kind of cool little fungus come up for the, for the recently infected uh, guy who got his head blown off. And we see it kind of travels. We don't see the travel, but we understand that it goes all the way back to that wave of infected that we saw before. They were kind of doing their thing in the sun. And then we hear screaming and we get a real cool scene, kind of out of fo- a lot of out of focus stuff in this show, yeah. but really good out of focus stuff, I think, too. Used very well. We see them kind of running by legs and like, oh, that's a lot of infected. Um, Joel goes to the door and he says, oh, we got about a minute. Tess says, you need to take this kid. Take this kid to Bill and Frank's. They will take him off your hand. And Joel says, no, they won't. And he says, yes, you will, because you're convinced them. And much like this Terminator thing, Chris, Joel doesn't say, I love you. Joel doesn't mm-hmm. say goodbye. You know, Tess, Tess is saying, basically saying it. She's saying, I never asked you to feel this way, Joel. 
I never asked you for anything. We saw them in the first episode. El, uh, Tess comes into bed with Joel and comforts him. We don't see any version of, of Joel comforting Tess. So the relationship between them is one-sided. Tess feels a certain way. Joel feels it, but he doesn't show it. So I really love this kind of scene of, of and, you know, Joel doesn't feel it. He doesn't know how to feel. He doesn't know how to express it. He takes Ellie and they run off. No goodbye, nothing. Hardened turn. Goodbye, Tess. See you leaving you down in the hallway. And that's kind of the kind of a cool um, Ellie thing on the opposite side of it. Joel is running away with her, dragging her, and Ellie is fighting for her life. We're not leaving here, you fucker. Again, yeah. I love the way she says it. It's so good. It's We're so not leaving. We don't leave anybody behind. Very cool. The light of Ellie, you see, versus the dark of Joel. So at this time, Tessa has kind of put gasoline all over the floor. She's got grenades. She's going to blow all these, these, these runners up so they don't chase after them. She's got a lighter. She's trying to light it. It doesn't work. She's kind of backed up against a, a, a wall, and all the infected are running in. And one infected notices her and stops and walks up to her calmly, cool, and collected and embraces her in, in, in a way. And Chris, you said it in a very beautiful, disgusting way where he, he, he basically he, he kisses her and you can see the tendrils, the fungus going from his mouth into her mouth. And Nico, this is the, you wanted me to talk about the high before, and you mentioned mm -hmm. the, uh, some things about it. And the one thing I wanted to add, and I didn't add it to our top of our show with their intro about love. Mm -hmm. Okay. These fungus are connected. They love each other. Mm -hmm. Nature mm -hmm. loves nature. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you like a tree needs water, a tree loves water. Okay. These fungus are connected in a way and they love it. This, I, I, the way I read the scene is this infected knew that Tess was infected. There it is. T yep. T Tess Boom. did not run Tess did not run away. Tess did not fight. And the infected embraced her in, in this a very beautiful, disgusting kiss, saying, I will, you know, I'm going to feed you or I'm going to have you consume me or something. And it's just this idea about love, like in a disgusting way. Love can harm, love can grow, love is horrible. And that's what the sense that I got. Was that the, these these infected love each other and they love newly infected. They love you if you don't run away from them. You know that that, that I, I found that really interesting. And obviously, Tess does her thing. The whole thing explodes. Fuck you guys. You're all dead. So, Chris, it's a very divisive scene for people hmm. who have played the game. Oh, okay. How big of it? How how big of a change it is? Even if you haven't played the game, it's a weird as fuck scene. You know, <laughs> kissing a kissing zombie with. Fungus coming out. They of just mouth. want love. It's just Everybody weird. needs love. Everyone needs love. Chris, how did you feel about this? Because it's very strange. It was very strange to me, and it surprised the hell out of me that they went this way. Two things. Talking about it now makes me think of Bones and All, the final scene. Not yeah, come on. We can do cannibalism now. It's official. It's <laughs> We can do it. Uh, but yeah, it reminded me of the final scene of Bones and All, which is kind of a weird, uh, weird reference. But the other thing, their kiss puts the Cruel Intentions kiss to shame. <laughs> it's just magic. Um, electricity. Yes, there's electricity Someone's flying saying. in the the roots, and the it's cool. In the uh, roots. I this scene like it, I'm kind of speechless about it to be honest because he I swept about, off his feet. He swept off his feet. The magic of the moment got me. It, it's, mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about any other zombie-human interaction, I don't know if we've ever seen something like this where they're even gentle. 
that that right. that's a runner, right? Yeah. The runner was in between her almost. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was so gentle with Tess. Like I was waiting for the thing to grab her hand and like and mumble, it's okay, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was like a tender kiss between this monster and soon-to-be monster, and it it throws you off because in the in all that's going on in this scene, the infected are storming this building, getting ready to tear shit down, going after Joel and Ellie. And then you just have this tender moment. And mm-hmm. Tess is like terrified, but she and she's frantically trying to get that lighter going, even through the that romantic moment that she doesn't want clearly. And it when it actually pays off, it has such an impact. And part of that is because we did get that moment at the start of the episode. I think that salon scene is huge because it, it sets this up. It sets up this impact. Without that, I don't think anybody really would have cared about Tess unless you played the game. Well, much like Marlene, soldier number one, Joel's friend number two. <laughs> so this scene had a lot of impact, and that kiss just it just throws you off. Nico, just one sec. So yeah. I, I did mention it. it's a lot of love, but like uh, Chris said, it's very intrusive as well. It's very yeah. perverse. And it, yeah. it's very much, and as much as, as, as Tessa's character can do to fight it, you can see it in her eyes. She's like, this is disgusting. And it, it, it feels like a like a assault in some way. Like, like kind of like this, acceptance this, though too. Yeah, and that's the other thing. She, she knows it's coming, but it's also like something, I, this is just me. I got something very... Like sexual assaulty about it, like this. This oh, thing yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is putting herself onto her, on, himself onto her, and, and putting something in her mouth. It's very intrusive and very uncomfortable the way they did it. It's 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 twistedly beautiful for that. I love the artistry of it too. Like you guys said, it's we. It, it gives them more development too to go back. It's not your typical. It walks in. It starts ripping them apart. It it, it has fungus. This hive mind is showing some genuine care and affection, and it's trying to build its army. Um, now we start seeing how some some people got infected. It hasn't always been violent or gruesome, even though it is very disturbing, very sexual assaulty, right? Very invasive. There's so many layers to it. that's why I think it's utterly freaking brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so many layers to what happens in that scene and. For the people who don't like it, I get it. But man, if it hits for you, it's really profound. And then, of course, with the explosion at the end, I I, I just loved it. It was so – it took me – when it first happened, I was like, what is this? And then I was like, yeah. oh. The more I thought about it after, I'm like, it's pretty – it's pretty rad. And once again, these the, – the way they've progressed these infected and almost giving them – different ones, different personalities in a way too mm-hmm. is, is very fascinating. And it, it also goes back to something Ellie said earlier when she's like, is it weird because you know that they used to be people yeah. and it is, even though it's a fungus doing it, it's a very human interaction, right? Two people mm-hmm. embracing each other with a kiss, it, the earliest form of affection between Mm. the earliest form of, you know, romantic affection and connection between two human beings is a kiss. Right. So it's, that's why it's, I, that's why I said the artistry of it is utterly freaking brilliant and Mm -hmm. thematically and narratively, wow, it pushes things forward and expands on the freaking source material. It does so much, so much. Let me have some of it. (laughs) Nico, it's a big swing. 
Uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty big swing in two episodes in to add something weird like this. And like I said, for somebody who hasn't played the game, you know, and just like that's just weird because we haven't seen zombies like this. And that's the thing constantly that it's not a zombie game. It's not a zombie TV mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. That's not what this is. They're not, I zombies. not zombies. I learned that this yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that's good. We learned um, the sexual way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, real striking image to end the episode as well as the the buildings exploding and Ellie's kind of awestruck is what has happened. Um, you know, she 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 thinks she knows what she, what what this world is like because she was being explained like, and she was asking as they were walking. Um, you know, where are the infected? Shouldn't we be swarmed by now? She thinks she knows what mm-hmm. she's seen, and, and Tess tries to explain it to her in the salon, saying we're not good people. You know, we've done things. So I, I love this kind of this Ellie thinking to herself, like, I have no idea what I've gotten myself into. Um, you know, and, and Joel ain't coming back to grab her. I was half expecting that. Like, come on kid, let's get moving. Like Joel, Joel just kind of leaves her there to, to, to figure it out for herself. Cause he's, he's on his way. Um, trying to figure it out uh, himself as well. So yeah, we're down to two, uh, Joel and Ellie left, uh, to, to do their thing. Nico, you had a whole bunch of uh, notes. I want to make sure that we didn't miss anything. Is there anything else? You we got a lot of them. Cause you guys are great. There's one last thing I want to talk about. I want to yep. talk about, um, something that was interesting. So two quick things actually. So the one thing is I wonder if people who played the game or people who didn't play the game cared about this. Parts of this episode did feel f- more video game like than the first one. I noticed it when it was like tests. It's like I'll go around. Yeah. Like oh that's like right. Her, that's her yeah. Yeah. And then how they all get on the ladder after the shot when Ellie goes. You know it's a heck of a view. And I'm like okay this feels at parts some walking and talking some exploring right. I'm like okay mm-hmm. this kind of feels like the game. I also think it was a nice. Once again it was a nice time for development and for characters to breathe. I think it was all intentional. It was all necessary. The other thing though is about halfway through this episode. I got the vibe, okay, that Tess is dying already. Hmm. Like, they are going beat for beat. Even with the expansion, we're going beat for beat. I know it wasn't the Federal soldiers chasing them this time, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. we're going beat for beat. And then I started anticipating things. Me too. (laughs) Like, when we got to the museum and I knew when after, you know, her ankle and everything – and there was, I saw the townhouse. I'm like, Tess is dying here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so then I started anticipating in a giddy way, but like in the first episode, in a nervous way, because I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, Tess, I'm going to watch Tess die. Yep. I didn't have the emotion I did with Sarah. And it's ironic because they gave Tess more here. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying it's a bad thing because the changes like with the kiss and the hive mind were such a nice script flip for me that it was so engaging. So I was worried halfway through and, and, and every episode, am I going to be like, I know this is going to happen. Is it going to get old? But there were, there are enough changes one that are helping. And two, I'm one of those people where I like the damn game so much. I don't care. <laughs> give me beat for beat. Give me beat for beat. When we get to the end, give me beat for beat. Right. I want to see this in live action and I want to see how other people respond to it. So 
I'm curious for you, Emmett, did you have that internal battle? Do you think you're going to keep having it? And do you think it'll ever be at a point where it becomes a negative thing for you? I have that slight caution that there might be an episode where I go, I wish I didn't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's that, and that's why I'm excited for the changes that they make more yes, than what yes. we have seen in the show. Mm-hmm. And I agree about the test death, how it's not as emotional as the Sarah one. It's the same in the game. You see, but because you don't even see Tess die on screen in the game. Yeah, yeah. She she dies, and that's the end of her. And you hear about her later on when when Joel's talking to Bill, and you kind of Bill and Tess know each other as well. But that's it. There's no groveling. There's no crying yeah. over Tess. And that's the thing with Joel. There is no crying. There's no crying yeah. in baseball. And that's part of it. He yeah. doesn't mourn. He doesn't mourn people. He barely mourns his own daughter. You don't see him mourn his own daughter in a certain way because it's it's more of a, a progression up. But Chris, I, I wanted to turn that on an opposite side and say, and if I'm expecting everyone for or for the things I know to happen in the game, are you now expecting every person that we meet just to be dead now? Yes. Because of Sarah, because of Tess. So yes. how is that? How do you feel about that going forward? I know you don't. I know you're you're okay with the darker end of things, but you know, <laughs> the show is incredibly dark. You know, it, yeah. it doesn't hide the fact that it's dark. But how do you feel about that going forward? Knowing that you know, if they meet uh, Bill and Frank, or if they meet somebody else, they're not going to be sticking around. Well, it's kind of like I, I don't want to compare it a lot to The Walking Dead, but much like The Walking Dead. No character was really safe on that show except Rick. Yeah. At right. the end of the day, Rick was really the only safe character. I feel in this show, the only safe characters are Joel and Ellie. Mm-hmm. That's just the way I'm looking at it now. Um, I, I mean, even though, like, the first of all, I, I figured Tess was going to die, but yeah. even, still, I think any new characters they meet are only going to be temporary. Mm-hmm. I don't see anyone making it to the end, to the finale, except those mm-hmm. two, hence The Last of Us. Sure. That's that's the way I'm viewing it, and you know, mm. you get, the thing about um, it, it's a, it's an adaptation thing. If you're close to the source material, you're always going to anticipate what's happening, Good which point. is why it's funny. We fight the changes they add to the things we love, yeah. but we kind of need them too, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's just the way adaptations work. This is so such a fascinating show for me because this might be the first time, and I know it's only two episodes. There's seven more to go. This is the first time I think I've been watching something that's adapted and somehow every single change I think is fantastic Mm -hmm. or every single addition is fantastic. I'm not sure if that's because the game is so strong already that everything they're doing is just extra, you know, cherry on top or if, or if they're just that great of creative choices, you know what I mean? If the creators are that good when it comes to this. So um, I don't know. I'm it's, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun to see what they change, but also it is going to be fun. I'm in this weird, like beautiful dichotomy of like, but I'm also excited to see the things I know are going to happen. And yet part of me still wishes I didn't know they were going to happen, but it's not negative. Yeah. I, I, I will let you guys know. I'll be the first to admit when something gets negative, but, I, but all the reviews I'm seeing, I don't think that's going to happen to me or us mm-hmm. because I think it's going to be this really cool adaptation we have. Um, yeah. Episode three from what I understand is the longest episode of the season. And I that's saw the that. one. Yeah. That's one. Apparently um, the actors are saying, you got to pay attention to this one. 
Yeah. Yeah, and from the trailer, it's the Bill and Frank one, um, mm -hmm. or Bill one. So the the funny thing about that slight little uh, you know time travel ahead to next week, I have no idea who this Frank character is. I know hmm. like who he is to Bill, but I don't. I've never seen. Him. I've I've seen him once, but he was he wasn't. Um, I don't know. I don't know much about this Frank character. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting how they blend that. And that's the thing, like you're saying, Nico, the changes, every changes that they made has worked. And, I, I, you know, Chris and I talk about adaptations all the time where um, recent adaptations of things that I have really enjoyed, Paper Girls and Why the Last Man, the changes that they made there didn't work for me. And thus it doesn't mm -hmm. work for TV unless they were canceled after one season. Yeah. You know, we, we just got finished watching Interview with a Vampire, Chris, where they changed a ton. And yeah. some of it made sense and some of it didn't make sense. But it's all about, you know, and, and eventually by the at the end of in, interview, some of it did make more sense by the end of the season. And I think that's what's going to happen with The Last of Us. Understanding if some of the changes that they made, so if some characters died, didn't die or what have you, it's, it's going to be about the journey all the way through. And, and, and saying, well, that didn't work for me in episode two. You know, the changing of the no spores. It didn't they didn't have spores, so it didn't make sense. You know, th that kind of stuff I don't I don't understand, but you know, it, it is gonna be tough, you know, knowing what's gonna happen. And we're I feel like we're gonna talk about this every episode. Um, you know, Nico, just trying to trying to get to the end of the, the season, trying to see the full journey before we, we decide whether or not um we're upset that we knew what was gonna happen in episode three. Yeah. Have you? So it, it's a tricky thing, but you know. And much like we talked about, I think we talked about in the first episode, we're, we're, we're over takes. We're over them saying, we need to put our, our stamp on this game. Yeah, 100%. Let's, let's just tell the best story, and the best story is the game, mm -hmm. um, and let's just add some add some stuff that makes a little bit more sense for TV. Let's not change the whole world. Let's not... You know, not 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 have Joel die and Tess and Ellie go on the journey together. Yeah, like that, right? Let's not do that. That's not what the game is about. That's not what the this TV show is about. Let's just make the game better. Not let's change the game um, for what we think um, is better. So yeah, it's going to be a journey all, all the way through, guys. And uh, you know, we we saw that with 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 episode two, like you said, Chris. Not every character is safe, and everything moved really fast and. I think that's what they're telling us about, like, like the, like you said, The Walking Dead. It, we need to be shown that these characters mm -hmm. aren't safe. We need to be shown that, you know, this, this you know, Tess, they, they gave us a lot of tests. We saw a lot of tests, and all of a sudden she's gone. Mm -hmm. They gave us a lot of Sarah, and all of a sudden she's gone. Mm -hmm. So, like, they're, 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 they are throwing us off a little bit about their, the more they show of people, the less likely they are to survive. And that'll be interesting going forward um, as we meet more characters as well and so i think it's all about the journey not about individual episodes even though we are obviously talking and down and breaking every episode down um it's good it's going to be about this season as a whole um i think guys anything else we want to talk about before we get on out of here no but it slaps that's all i'll say that's how it close <laughs> close it with your plugs then pal uh Dude, it's been a journey, guys. I can't wait to keep doing this seven more times. We get to do this. I, I can't wait. It's been it's been so awesome. And everyone's feedback, who retweeted the show and commented on it, all our friends and the listeners, it's so kind of you all. Um, but you can follow me everywhere at Nico Caruso, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. You can also follow my TikTok where I do film reviews and some recent Oscars commentary. The nominations were yesterday, and I uh, I reacted to them accordingly. That's at Nico Knows Film, my flagship show that, that I met all these wonderful guys through. It's the Vigilante 1939. But go to my Twitter 
And that vigilante handle as well. And you'll see some other things I do and some other people I do podcasts with Zeddy and my dad as well. I'll get a special shout out here. So come talk to me, come DM me, talk about last of us, talk about whatever. And I will, I'll have a ball. We'll have a ball. <laughs> Chris, where can people find you? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at that, that Chris Evans zero. I had to think about that for some reason. Um, <laughs> follow everything Nico does. And if you like right. the banter that we have in these episodes, make sure to check out our live show, which Emmett is better at explaining, so he'll take over. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Emmett Davis 7 Gathering of the Geeks is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Gathering of the Geeks and you will find us. Chris and I are live every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on our YouTube channel. So just go to YouTube, type in Gathering of the Geeks, and you will find us. In uh, saying all that, for Nico, Chris, and I, Emmett, and endure and survive. And listen. <laughs>